Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We're through about three quarters of Memories of Ice. We have stopped at book four. I'm looking at it. The next book is called Memories of Ice, um, which feels, which I, I don't know if my thoughts on that, but that's where we've stopped. Getting ready to get into the real book, mm-hmm. I guess. That was all um, the prologue. We finished the prologue. <laughs> no warm-up today. We're all warmed up. Mm-hmm. I think we can just get into it. And one thing that happens in this section is an answer for what we've been talking about a lot. Yeah, this is my first is note, too. Yeah. The Talanimas reason for genocide. Oh, this actually isn't my first note, but but it is. Okay. But there's another answer for another question we had. But let's talk about the Talanamas genocide. Okay. So their their answer is basically that the Jag Hut had some some baddies mm-hmm. that were like really bad, and I guess were so like powerful that they were just like like enslaving almost like the entire entire like population mm-hmm. of the Talanamas. That's right. Which is bad. Yeah, not good. Not good. And so the Talanamas took it upon themselves to like rid the world of every jag hut just in case just to like make sure. Mm-hmm. And to make sure like, you know, no one else this cycle doesn't repeat. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I think they said something along the lines of like the same thing happened to the Jag Hut with the the Kachain Shamale, or whatever they are. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to... I don't know if I think that that's enough. Oh, no, it's terrible. I think it's the stupidest okay. reason of all time. It's a bad okay. reason, and it's rude. It's incredibly rude <laughs> because they're talking about this like campaign of genocide that they're going on because of these tyrants that come up every now and then. And they reveal that the Jaghut are like helping the Talanimas bring down the tyrants. Like the other right. Jaghut are like, yeah, these guys suck. We're totally on your team. Let's get them out of here. Right. And there's only been like seven <laughs> tyrants, which I'm not minimize. I don't want to minimize. No, it still sounds really bad. The, the struggles. It's just like. I think that we go a different approach. And like now that you've been at it for 300,000 years, mm-hmm. it's like, did we like maybe let's find a different avenue for success or a different definition of success. Right. We kind of see towards the end. Exactly. Well, at the end, they kind of are realizing, oh, wait, you guys just dealt with it. You guys just handled the one tyrant yourselves you didn't need to kill all the other jag hut Uh oh guys did we make a bad call did we commit way too hard to the whole genociding an entire race of beings thing yeah yeah certainly an argument to be Mm -hmm. made Mm -hmm. i think a fair argument yeah because the the tlanamas went negative right they went pure negative like we're getting enslaved. The only solution is just to kill them all. And like you're you're like uh, you're throwing out too much. Just 
just like figure out a way. You could have gone positive. You could have been like, let's empower the Jag Hut who are helping us. Right. To, to like take care of this because they clearly want to help and they're like potentially powerful. Like there's other solutions here that don't feel like they got investigated. There's, there's for sure other solutions. I, I'm, I don't think I, I want to get engaged in like coming up with other solutions no. because we just like don't know <laughs> the political situation it's of 2,000 years ago. It's in, too long ago. In the Malazan books. Yeah. But there's uh, for sure other options you guys plus there's been other options like throughout this entire time Mm -hmm. right i don't know luke i'm not convinced i have a potential theory here that is kind of related to this okay my theory the talana moss are trying to destroy the ascendants Silver Fox, okay. the Tana Moss, they're trying to get rid of the gods. The reason, the reason, Luke, what is their larger mission? We see it when they go off attacking the Kachain Chamale. They aren't just attacking the Jaghut, they'll take out these like undead velociraptors too, and they explain the reason why they will do that. Do you remember what that was? I don't remember it explicitly. They're just trying to get rid of tyrants. They're just trying to make sure Mm. that the world, like there's no enslavers anymore in the world. And like they, like you said earlier, these like velociraptors enslave the Jaghut in the same way that they were enslaved by the Jaghut. And there's a key detail that we learn about the Talana Moss and their slavery that I think is very, is key to this theory, Luke. Okay. And the key detail is that the Talana Moss looked at the Jaghut as like their gods. They said specifically, they were like, we worship the Jaghut. It was a slavery that was like accepted because we saw them as our gods. That tyranny is happening right now. It sounds very similar. It sounds extremely similar. And Captain Peron is like, ah, I really don't want to do all this stuff. Like, I hate it. But, you know, these are gods, so they're going to keep trying. This is a very good point. I'm Okay, so I think that... I think that maybe they don't, like, explicitly know that they want to get rid of the gods. But, I mean, I'll keep that option. Maybe. Because that's your theory. I think it would be very easy to convince them. If I'm like, if I'm Whiskey Jack and I'm like sick of the gods, I feel like I could come up with a pitch that's going to convince Silver Fox and the rest to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here's the other thing, Luke, and the reason why I bring this up. There is like incredible potential here for them to do it because they're all at risk from the like crippled god right there is this huge confluence of power that's like largely centered on the ascendants and the gods and there's a lot of changes happening we don't know the talana moss's motivations we don't know why they're getting sure they say there's a jag hut there's one jag hut left over that we gotta go take care of right 
This is a this is a very good point. I think it's certainly feasible. I think we got to keep an eye on the Tuana Moss. Got to keep an eye on him. This, but this is the okay. Not to not to stay too long on this. Mm-hmm. If their overarching goal is to like just get rid of tyrants, there's like you. Not only is just like genocide very immoral, it's also not the best way. Oh, oh, okay, Luke. Sorry, what's the best way? Just like I do some political machinations. What do you don't just like show up randomly for like an unguided like you got to target these things for one thing. What you're saying is they're going to get rid of the Jag Hut and be like, oh, mission accomplished and then disappear. And then in like 20 years, some other dude's going to be like, wait a minute, I can be a tyrant now. Right. That's literally like every <laughs> continent has a tyrant. Just be like, here's the new here's the new Talana Moss like slogan. Or not slogan, but like their whole thing. Their mission statement. Like, define tyrant, first off. You got to do that, of course. It's key. You can define it however broadly you want. Right. But be like, hey, world, uh, if you're a tyrant, we're coming at you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go like, uh, this type of person is sometimes a tyrant, so we're going to kill all of that type of person. Like, you can define tyrant and like, go after the tyrants. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah for sure well i think it's interesting i mean yeah obviously yes this is a way better way to do it and we'll probably have better long-term outcome uh it's interesting there's this like chain of um like oppression that they're that they're pulling on right that it starts with the the velociraptors oppressing the jag hut and then the jag hut oppressing the Mas, and like like perhaps the Talanamas are doing this in this way because they don't want to just be like the Jag Hut to people. Do you know what I mean? Like they're like, hey, we know the history here. Uh, we got to break the cycle. Otherwise, we're just going to do this to whoever comes along later. So we're going to like be very, very specific and focused in what we're up to. That's 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 fair, I guess. I well, I mean, I don't know if it's fair. I don't know if it's all even a good solution to this potential problem that they see. But maybe that's sort of the weird rationalization they have. Yeah. That like they're not point, point oppressing. Is there are other options. Yeah. <laughs> so many other options and they went with a pretty bad one to commit for like millennia too. <laughs> I want to talk about another one of the ancient races, though, because last episode we talked about how how we ended up with swords for arms on these velociraptors. Right. We get sort of an answer, and the sort of answer is kind of what we were talking about. I don't know the specifics, but they were, like, intentionally bred to have swords for arms. We don't know if that was through evolution. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like the matriarch could just choose to have swords for arms with one of them and then they would come out with swords for arms um right my question luke what other specializations did they have because we had the hunters that had swords for arms there's other you can make them how you want i'm assuming we're, we're starting with the velociraptor base and then we're augmenting that to do what we need it to do okay okay 
do you, do you are we limiting it to like physical characteristics? No. Any anything you can do for this thing. Yeah. Okay. Any other augmentation okay. you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean there's a couple like broad obvious ones. Oh, okay. You know? hit, hit us with the obvious ones. Like, like here, like we got to make the, uh, some people really smart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're going to be like in charge of innovation mm. and coming up with to new technology. We're on like some seven kind eaves of kind of stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. That's, this is that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I'm also thinking, you know, the hunters were given special tools for their job. There's got to be a category of these velociraptors that, like, get special tools for the job that they're designed for, you know? Right. And, like, the jobs I'm thinking of are, like, like, is there one, like, is there one with blenders for arms? And they're, like, the Jamba Juice one, you know? Okay, that's there. Love that we're going super specific. Right. Well, I was thinking more broad, but I like that. Rather than like spending a bunch of time building a store and like constructing the electricity for a blender, just like this one's got blender arms. Get, right. you, get yourself around. I think there's a lot of food options. There's, there's a lot of food options. And I'm, for some reason, I'm most stuck on arm variation. <laughs> So I've got like one with like a rotisserie stick. <laughs> For like a rotisserie chicken kind of thing. Right. They they right. have them at Costco. Those some those some hot dogs, mm. some s'mores. Huge at that Great. guy's huge at a party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of arm variations. Um I imagine there's also gotta be like, you know, ice skate raptor. You know, okay. There's sure. There, there's like sport. Uh, there's all the sport ones for sure, right? They just have the the stuff built in. Of course, uh, it's got to be. Of course, right? So, the pro- <laughs> here's the most challenging role, we- though. The most challenging role, okay, for any of these velociraptors, the tailor. Cause like what you mean like he has like a ruler for arms and one arm is a ruler and one arm is scissors. Well, okay, that's part of it. But the other part is there's so many body variations among these little guys. True. I'm not. I can't make just a pair of pants and be like, yeah, it comes in bigger and smaller sizes. No, it's like oh, you've got six legs because you're the like creepy one. You're the creepy velociraptor. Well, I've got to come up with a whole new outfit for you. <laughs> gotta, gotta have a creepy velociraptor mm-hmm. to scare the kids. The, okay, but now that I'm thinking, I want maybe there's a more in-depth description mm-hmm. than them just having swords for arms. But like, okay, are they? What are they? Are their arms made of steel? Yeah, well, there's been a pretty good description. They describe it as like blades fused to bone on their arms. So they have swords for arms, Luke. <laughs> for sure, no question about this. They've why are got... they all swords? All, all, why are all the warriors swords? And why is there no, why is it no like one arm shield, one arm sword or spears? There's no bow and arrow either. <laughs> 
Okay, well, definitely no bow and arrow. You can make whatever you want. Give you a machine gun for arms. <laughs> okay, we may have gone a little bit overboard with the you can make whatever you want when I said blender. That could be... Maybe they can't... Maybe there are some limitations, right? Maybe. But a machine gun would be incredible. Machine gun for arms? Come on. Right, the matron can do magic that can be... Instead of, like, gunpowder. It's, like, got a little... Right, or like chainsaws for arms, another good option that we've seen used before. Great option, chainsaws, yeah. Hold on, lightsabers for arms? Why are we stopping it? Oh my gosh, okay, yeah. See, we need a a limitation. The thing is, Stephen didn't give us the boundaries for where this could go. (laughs) Right, which is tough. Which is really Um, tough for us, yeah. And then there's the funny one, you know? There's the funny ones that, that... she pops out that are like, this one's got real little arms. Or like one real little, like two real little legs. Right. And then it, 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 there's also the, at some point, like, it's got to be artistic. Mm, like the hot one. You know what I mean? Well, yes, like but not even just that. this is the Matthew McConaughey like, Raptor. Yes, but I mean more just like in general, just like I'm going through a, a six arm phase. I don't know why we're so focused on arms, but uh, <laughs> or like two tails. It's like okay, this is this is the matron's uh, blue face, mm. just like Picasso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very um, good, very good. Cultured, <laughs> cultured. So maybe you can, maybe you can like. There's a whole history, obviously not anymore, mm. but like a whole history. Well, of no, like there still is the a history. Periods. But but I mean like a way of studying. The, the Kachang Shamale, or whatever they're yeah, called, yeah, yeah. based on like the style of the day. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, yes. Like, like the matrons of the year negative three billion were more into uh, sturdy necks. <laughs> they had a huge fedora so that's how, phase. That's how. That's how we like acknowledge the fossils or like date the fossils Ooh, you know what i mean okay okay luke yeah i'm into that (laughs) i don't know how we got here either though but it's very interesting it is very interesting uh curious curious what kinds of fossils we're gonna find out there i feel like archaeology in this world would be so rewarding right like we've yet mm-hmm. to encounter any archaeologists. Granted, that's probably because there's a. We've talked about the risks of all of these burial sites last episode, but still, there's like so much stuff to find all over the place. It's not like <laughs> right. archaeology I'm, now, okay. where it's like uh, I gotta fu- just dig in the one spot and maybe I'll find something. Now it's like literally think... anywhere you're digging in this place, there's like ancient civilizations. <laughs> that's very true. I think that one of the things holding back the archaeology department at the University of Darugistan yeah. is I could spend like my entire career coming up with this theory of this specific type of uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. there's a dude that was there down the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, is this right? No. 
you've spent your whole career assembling a skeleton of one of the chain Kachain Chamale, and you like present it at a big conference to everybody. And Anamanda Rake gets up and is like, uh, the head is where the butt should be, actually. <laughs> right. Also, it had feathers. <laughs> yeah, also, it had feathers. And your artist's illustration is completely wrong. Okay. It had a gigantic peen. Okay, there's no peen on this thing. Its peen was huge. And then you just look yeah. embarrassed. Yeah, that could be it's pretty tough. rough. That could be pretty rough for sure. For sure. Unless you catch him in a lie. Well, I don't know. Let's <laughs> let's move on a little bit. Was that your was that your note for the beginning? Yeah, that was my beginning note. Okay. I just want to say the aftermath of the battle. Yeah. The like bargast are coming through. Mm-hmm. And I think before everyone gets to the city, they're like, okay, the Grey Swords were this mercenary group. They kind of mercenaries generally suck. This is Peron. Peron is thinking this before he got there. He's Peron, like, Peron is thinking this. Yeah. And then he, but more, more specifically, the Bargast get there and are like super impressed with the Grey Swords. And there's just a couple moments where they interact and the Bargast are just like so about it with the Grey Swords accomplishments. Yes. I don't, accomplishments is probably not the right word, but it's like, it's very nice, right? To have like. That they're getting credit. Right, yeah. and to have these, like, war-focused mm-hmm. is what I'm, like, the Bargast are kind of, like, this, like, battle-focused, that's how you kind of earn honor, and they're super into it. I feel like that feels really nice if I'm a Greysword, you know? If you're one of the last, like, 300 Greyswords, you're like, oh, these these uh, people with coin shirts are very into me. Look at all these <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese tokens they've collected. And they think I did a good job. Right. It does give you props. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I imagine it's like if you're a high school football team and you get, like, a, an NFL player that's, like, watching your games. Right? Sure. It's, yeah. like, it's like nice. Yeah, it's a good... I don't necessarily want to say that that's the power dis- differentiation that we have here, but it's, like, somebody who's very good at that and is very into that. Like, a connoisseur of violence being impressed by what you've done right yes and i just feel like in these books there's very few cross-cultural engagements that are positive Mm. well i feel like the wiccans the wiccans and the malazan from the last book were pretty positive right that's true i feel like there's a lot of potential for them to go wildly in one way or the other right yeah, and it's always nice when it's positive. It's nice when it's positive. I think is my point. It's nice when we're all working together. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe is the Empress's whole thing. Like, hey guys, I know I, I had to do some bad stuff to get here, but now we're all working together. Look <laughs> at us. Huh? We're doing it. Sure, yeah. Could be. I'm not going to bet on it. No, it <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, related to this, though... um. And this is probably going to be a hot take, but Itkovian can f- fuck right off in my mind. <laughs> I'm like so pissed at this guy. I think he's terrible. Okay. okay. I really don't like him I love, anymore. I love the take. Give, give me a little bit more. Okay. 
So Ekovian is like, I've got this, this like thing that I have to do. That's like, I've got to get vengeance in a way for Fenner. And he realizes that's his mission after, you know, basically all the gray swords die from that betrayal. And then he does it and he's like, well, that's it. I've just got to, you know, be a lame guy now. And my, my mission's almost over and I'm going to give up command to all these people. And like, I failed. That's why I'm doing this. Like I did a really bad job and uh, I didn't succeed. So you got to take the mantle. And everyone around him is like, no, 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 you did a great job. You did really good. He's like, no, I failed, though. I did bad. And it's like... I see what you mean. You know, every, like, everyone knows you did a good job. And you, like, you know you did a good job, Ikovian. You're just <laughs> going around being like, I did bad. My boss got <laughs> killed. And I, the city fell. And, well, and I did bad. And he's just he's just right. like fishing for people to be like, no, you did good, and Covian, you did good. I I agree with you on on this point. It's a it's kind of a self pity party that's a little bit too much in like the wrong ways. Right. Like I I would understand if you're like self pitying yourself because you have to take on the misery of like a million people sure yeah, yeah who just yeah. got murdered uh-huh. like yeah that's definitely a good reason but like, it's not because you did anything poorly no you like saved all the citizens of like like you built tunnels and put all the people down there basically zero casualties among the like normal people of kapistan like that's a huge success right Right. Sure, the right. city was breached, but, like, most of the people were saved. What are you talking about? You failed. Stop it. Stop it. And he's going and, like, putting himself in the position to, like, get this praise from people. It would be one thing if he, like, honestly felt like he failed and wanted to just, like, go off and do his own thing. But he's like, well, I would like to go to the special meeting, if that's okay. <laughs> And he's like, he's like peeking, he's like peeking from behind the tent to be like, what are you guys doing over here? Hmm? <laughs> and they see him and they're like, hey, great job, dude. You did a really good job. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> love the, I love the take, love the voice. I think it's very fitting. Um, <laughs> I just think he needs to get over it. He does. I agree with you now. I also, I don't really understand the move of the like mortal sword that died where well okay in which it's a little weird he knows that he's getting betrayed yeah and it like when he's when he like the whole time he knows yeah and when it was happening i was like oh there must be some trade-off it's actually going to be like super good yeah but like the trade-off was just essentially just punishment for the guy betraying them yeah (laughs) <laughs> who Edkovian then took away the... It's like, what? His we ex- just, like, wasted the lives yeah. of the elite soldier and, like, a lot of you guys so that you could punish this guy and then not punish him. Yeah, his explanation was like, well, if we don't go do this, then there won't actually be a betrayal, so that guy won't actually get punished for what he did. It's like, yeah, it, just do it. Just punish him. <laughs> or... 
It doesn't matter, actually. Or just, like, finish the war. (laughs) I think, Uh, yeah. So I think part of it is, like, we don't know how binding these reeves are. Because they they invoke the reeve, which I don't know if that means, like, yeah, you just, like, have to do it or Fenir is going to stop you. Or, like, what it actually is. Um, We also don't have the full picture because Hood shows up to the mortal sword and is, like, has some words with him. So maybe there's like a greater right. picture here that we don't know. True. Which which you got to think too. Like Hood's going to be very busy with all the stuff that's going on. The fact that he took like five minutes to come down in person. Something, something's up. I do think something I got. I do. I have to think that Hood has automated his system by now. But I do. I do agree that him showing up has got to mean something. Even if... Other than just like, hey, this guy was cool. Because the death wasn't that cool. No. Hood didn't show up... Hood didn't show up when, like, other super cool people have died. Well, the death was pretty cool, Luke. He went out, like... I feel like that there are more deserving. There were cool... Like, Coltane had a much cooler... Well, kind of cooler. Coltane had a very cool death as well. I will say Coltane... I th- I think that it difference is Coltane didn't die, technically. Sure. And I guess has not gone through. But it's like I, I, this was not like number one. This mm-hmm. was not like Sports Center's top ten deaths of the de- of the century. And it's like Hood shows up for number one. Who's gonna win it? Uh huh. I don't think it would be this one. Okay. No. Maybe he shows up though. Like you know when Kobe retired. And, like, the last game he played, like, it wasn't an outstanding game. Sure. But, like, it's more his, like, career that was being celebrated, right? Okay. And so the Mortal Sword has just had, like, an outstanding career. Like, truly incredible. And, death, like, okay. Hood came at the last minute to be like, hey, bud. Like, can I get that game jersey? Nice game. Can I get that jersey? <laughs> <laughs> right, they switched jerseys. At the end of the game. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Also, I'm a little, I'm, I'm going to take umbrage with the fact that you said Hood's got it all automated. Even so, just the sheer number that are that is flowing through that system, he's got to be troubleshooting problems left and right. Like, that gate was not designed okay. for 100,000 people to try and squeeze through all at once. That's okay. Very valid point. He's got to be sure. out there with like a bucket of Crisco, just like pushing people through, like the folks in those Japanese subway <laughs> trains. You know what I'm saying? Right, but I, <laughs> right, but I have to think his system is good enough to like where a quick break isn't gonna ruin everything. Sure, it's not. Gonna, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not gonna ruin anything, but it's probably not where he like he would probably be much better shoving people through the gate. You know, like there's going to be a backlog because he took that time off. I guess I just, I, th- I think it's, I think uh, the Mortal Sword life and death a little bit overrated by this. Because to your point, if other people are dying during less busy times for Hood, you would think he'd be showing up more often. Ooh, ooh, interesting. Hmm. So there's there must be something specific about this mortal sword or that Hood is like doing this for a reason other than getting his autograph. 
Oh, uh, well, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe this is Hood uh, going to Target on on Thanksgiving to get away from his family for a minute. Like, like things are so <laughs> hectic in Hood's realm with, like, tens of thousands of souls trying to squeeze through and just yelling. They're all yelling for some reason. Why are they all screaming? And Hood's just like, I need, I need two minutes. Just, like, I need a breather. I'm going to go pretend like I am doing something with this guy's body. I'm not. I'm just standing here, but like I need a I smoke think this break. Is I think this is the answer. You got to get away every now and then. <laughs> right. It's too stressful. You need a break. And the floor managers are coming over constantly. They can't handle a single decision by themselves. It's frustrating. Right. Sure. Right. So yeah, he's 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 going out for a smoke break, and this is it. This is this is such a. Okay, we went deep on that one, which I love. But let's go. Let's go kind of staying on the God situation. Hmm. Okay. I want to talk about Peron Mm -hmm. and his new, at least part of his new role Mm -hmm. as like decision maker, referee. Yes. That whole thing. And he's being asked to decide whether or not the chained God gets put in the deck. Mm Mm-hmm. And all the gods don't want it to happen. And his and Gruntle's like analysis or reason for going the other way is that it's like, well, the chain god has been operating outside of the rules right now. If we let him in, he'll be bound by the rules. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I'm going to need some actual rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they're being down. Like he's now bound by right. before I make this decision. Yeah. Yeah. I have been burned before on assuming an authority that I don't know a ton about is going to constrain a powerful person. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're like, Captain Perron? If I'm if I'm a person living in our current society. Oh, sure. Why not? Um, like, I f- you can't just assume. Yes. Like, hey, if he breaks the law, what happens? Well, it's also like now. the other thing about it that is troubling is everybody kind of agrees that the the chained god is not good. Everybody's kind of on the same page of like, this guy sucks. We don't really want him involved in stuff. Um, he's asking to get put in the game, right? Like the chained god is the one that like, made the card and was like hey can you add this to the roster so that's not a good sign for like you know doing stuff that he doesn't like or like preventing him from getting more power right like your your point being if someone that i don't want to succeed wants to do something you typically want to go the other way with it yeah you typically say oh actually we can't add you to our new league that we're making right yes i would agree i i'm it's a it's a gamble it's a huge, huge gamble, gamble. Yeah. that you don't know anything about that's the point right and the fact that like literally everyone is saying to not do it and these you would think that these gods have some idea of how the game is played like 
You could at least ask one, I feel like, right? You could at least right. be like, no. <laughs> tell me why you think this it's a bad idea. Call a meeting. <laughs> right. You seem to be important enough that you could call a meeting and be like, listen, lay it out on the table. What's the deal? Pros, cons, hit me with Let it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, there's this one voice that's saying I should add it. And I think that's my voice. You know, what does that mean? <laughs> Peron. It's just, I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe like they know the rules and they're just not, as readers, it's like subtext for them where they're like, yeah, obviously if you're in the deck, you only get three moves per week Mm -hmm. or something. Mm. Whereas we just like don't know that rule. We have seen in previous books, like the deck does seem to have some, power and influence over what's going on like when there was the whole thing with shadow house shadow and house opan in darujistan it seemed like the fact that they were in the deck made it to where they had like sort of rules with how they played a little bit but like does everybody just know these rules maybe this is so common yeah. knowledge that it's just like of course we're not there's not going to be any exposition about it because little kids are taught this in elementary school no not even that little kids are born knowing the rules so we never even have to have a scene that's like all right kids uh turn to chapter four of your textbooks we're going to read about the rules with the deck of dragons right yeah i mm, it seems odd how willing he is to put this card in the deck i i i will say i appreciate how we're kind of learning alongside captain peron what his role is because at first it's like you're the master of the deck and he's like what does that mean and then it's starting to like be revealed oh i can say whether or not a card gets added or a house gets added that's neat and oh i can bless things whatever that means and i like how he doesn't know and we also don't know and so he's like please tell me what that means it's nice I I just feel like he should be waiting to make decisions until right. Plus he see, like right he his whole thing is he doesn't want to be involved. Right. Really. So whole, I guess yeah. The more minimized his role in things can be, the better. He is like doing he's making this decision mm-hmm. to include the House of Chains because he's like they're going to be bound by these rules. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I feel like without knowing this, someone has to enforce the rules. And my first guess as to who that would be would be Peron, right? Mm, potentially, but I feel like the deck kind of, the deck enforces its own rules. Like, I feel like it's more of a force of nature than like a sports game. Could be. And because this is too much, this is too speculative. Yeah, we're probably. we're getting too speculative. We also learn that uh, a master of the deck appears every time somebody wants to get added to the deck. Every time a new house joins, and it seems like in the in- interim, there's not a master. It just is like it's doing its thing. So I feel like it's more of like a a physical law that these rules are set up. But they're sure, st- they're sure, still, hopefully. it's chaotic. It's chaotic out there. I hope, I'm, I'm worried it's norms. 
I'm worried it's a norm-based rule system, which would be bad. Very um, bad. Doesn't really stand up to a lot of pressure, we're learning. <laughs> Speaking of standing up to a lot of pressure, I want to talk about something. It was a big moment, but I think in the grand scheme of things, maybe not huge. Um, sure. Cowden Brood gets a little pissed at Krupp mm-hmm. and decides to go at him with his hammer. Obviously, this reveals how powerful Krupp really is, which we kind of knew, of course. Krupp is incredibly powerful. It's obvious. I want to more talk about the optics of Brood attacking Krupp. Like, okay, it makes him look so weak to attack Krupp. And, like, so kind of dumb in my mind. Because it's like... To me, Krupp has the same protection that, like, a jester had in, like, medieval times of, like, they're so kind of impotent and weak and appear just, like, so useless that to attack them is, like, beneath you. Like, it should be so far beneath you that you don't even do it. And Brood, like, destroys a mountain range and creates a new one in his attack on this just, like, idiot that is hanging out with you. There's a lot there's a lot of things to say about this, I think. To to stay on your your train of thought here, mm-hmm. why is anyone even talking to Kaladin Brood after this? He does this big move and Krupp like dodges it, and then his donkey kicks him in the face, I think. You're done. <laughs> yeah, you lost. You lost in a major way, Brood. This is like you just got posterized by Krupp, right? Yeah, no, absolutely 100% no question. Yeah, you got owned. No respect. No respect for Kaladin Brood for anyone at this point. I'm following Krupp from now on. Yeah, Krupp is, Krupp is, I, I don't know if Krupp is necessarily king, but Kaladin Brood is definitely down. Demoted. Demoted He's for sure. D- for sure demoted. My other point on this is like, the implications of Kaladin Brood being capable of this are are, are really something. <laughs> Especially because, in like, this moment of just, like, anger, right? This wasn't a tactical attack that he did where he had to plan and, like, build up his strength for this big attack. He was just, like, offhandedly pissed and did this. Right. right. It's like, hey, uh, we're, you've been fighting a couple battles a bunch of battles. Um, why didn't you just do that? <laughs> right. Like, how know. did the Malazan army stand a single chance against Kaladin Brood? Right. Like a single chance. He, just hit him with the hammer you, one time. Kaladin Brood and Andamander Rake are on a team. How is anyone doing anything? Because now... Right? You've got Moonspawn. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm just going to drop Kaladin Brood off in the middle of your army, and he's going to destroy it in one hit. In one hit. In literally one That's hit. Game. That's game over. Unless you've got crap. But they don't. But they don't. The other thing about this is crazy. You're fighting just people. You're fighting a dude named Whiskey Jack who's hot and a guy with one arm. How is there a fair fight here? Right. Kaladin, this is what we're realizing is Kaladin Brood sucks. 
Either that or he's been holding back like significantly for a long time. Mm. But he still mm-hmm. sucks because he's not even like he he drops the illusion for nothing. Right? He drops the illusion cuz he gets pissed. Like dude, you help you you waited to do this. You waited to show your true power for like years. And then you do one swing of your hammer because you got a little angry at this buddy. And now everybody knows. And then got dominated yeah, by him, by the way. <laughs> yeah, now everybody knows you're just like a scrub compared to Krupp. I will say. Yeah, let's just. There is a moment where they, they're talking about how like it's more than just potentially anger that drove it. Like he was trying to feel out how powerful Krupp was. And like, maybe there was something more to it where they were trying to determine like the hierarchy. So like, maybe there's more to it potentially. Sure. Sure. But on its face, everybody standing there is just like, what you dude? I got rolled down this mountain because you couldn't like take a joke. (laughs) It, It was very inconvenient. And if you got to think, You've got one opportunity to do this move, right? Yes. You can either destroy like an entire army with it in some badass way, or you can get posterized by Krupp. <laughs> yeah, he went the bad way. Huge difference. The delta between those two <laughs> opportunities, pretty big. Yeah, I think he might be losing his edge a little bit. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's the long con. <laughs> maybe it's part of a thing. Sure. Sure. We'll see, I guess. I've got a couple. I've got a few notes on, on whiskey, related to Whiskey Jack, at least. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Whiskey Jack. Number one, I just want to appreciate that Whiskey Jack and Rake, best friends. BFFs. We Continue. do love that. Yeah, absolutely. Great look. Love that. Um, I, w- I had a note here about Whiskey Jack and, and Corlat, mm-hmm. that I think that the mark of of some good writing here is that I've had a lot of notes about, like, different relationships that have then, like, I've had to, like, cross out mm-hmm. because it was, like, resolved to my satisfaction later, which is, like, good, good stuff. The, the note that I had here was that Corlat gets really mad at Whiskey Jack for, like, not telling the truth about the outlawing of mm-hmm. his army. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say like that, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like that was something to really be that mad about like your boyfriend of a couple weeks. <laughs> right. Who also has a but lot of responsibilities like elsewhere. Who's like right. the right. second in command to an army, which you are also the second in command to a different army. Like there's other layers to this. Maybe we should be taking into account here. It's like it's a whole thing. Yeah. There's a lot of anyway, it gets resolved. And like it's kind of frustrating for me because I had a note on that, but it's also <laughs> like, okay, it's good stuff. Good stuff, Steven. Thanks, Steven. Good I work. I feel like that's happened a couple times in the course of this series. And I just want to acknowledge it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I think yeah, yeah. With the um Well, I think with the other notes that we've had that we get a little bit more explanation for it's a sign that it's a sign of good writing i think when we pose a question like how how do these velociraptors work and steven's like just wait 
I'm going to get there. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I very much appreciate that. Yeah. The The one thing with Whiskey Jack that I'm a little bit annoyed at him about is the thing with his leg, right? Mm. He keeps talking about how he'll get it sure. fixed when there's time. It seems like it takes literally no time to do the healing stuff. Like, we saw Kaladin Brood heal this priestess's hand, like arms basically instantly after <laughs> after he pones her with Thor's hammer. Right. Can you, first off, can you imagine if in, like, the Marvel movies, Thor's hammer worked that way, where if you tried to, like, grab it out of the air, it, like, broke your wrists? <laughs> Pretty brutal. It was very rude. Um, but, but it, the point was made. Point was very much made. But back to, back to Whiskey Jack. He's talking about he'll get his leg fixed when there's time. You're in, like, meetings with Kaladin Brood all the time. Right. You're going to drink whiskey. You're, or you're going to drink beer with your buddies. There's time. I get Here's that my, I, I think I have a good answer for this. Mm-hmm. We keep getting notes about the healing is like at an unnatural pace. Mm. Right. And so you still have the like trauma, I guess. Mm-hmm. At least that's what they've talked about for like the larger injuries. Yes. And we haven't really seen the drawbacks of that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's always like, oh, I don't care. Like I would rather you stitch my jugular back together right now. Right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's a chance that Whiskey Jack knows mm. that if he just gets it healed without like learning his body, he's just going to tear his ACL again in a couple weeks. See, but it sounds you know? more like, or like some... he's not going to have, he's not going to have his, his confidence. So he's got to build it up himself. I've, Okay, I don't think that's what it... I feel like it's not that to me. It feels more like he's torn his ACL and he's just, like, not getting the surgery to fix it. And he's like... Mm. Like, you can't start doing physical therapy until you get the surgery to fix it. Like, if you learn how your body works in this other weird way, when it gets fixed, you're going to have to relearn how to walk the normal way. Right. And, like, I get it. This is a book and this is clearly about Whiskey Jack's character and how it's like a part, like the pain that he's experiencing physically is like related to his like mental anguish about what's going on and the like confusion and like, I get it. Okay. But like, it takes no time to get your leg fixed, dude. Find some other metaphor for what you're dealing with. Whiskey Jack. Right. It's a bad excuse. It's a terrible excuse, I think. I think that's fair. I'm with you there. Luke, do you want to do you want to hear a little fun fact that I stumbled upon while reading? Oh, sure. So, during the siege of Kapuistan or Kapistan, whatever, I don't remember the exact name. During the siege, a lot of dead bodies, right? Some would say too many. Mm-hmm. Sure. Every other time we've seen a lot of dead bodies, they have been accompanied by birds or weird moths or like some kind of carry-on carrion creature that will come and Mm -hmm. like do something with the dead bodies but we don't see any of those and i was specifically looking for them basically zero of them during this whole siege and you would think with this army this huge army going around 
there'd be a bunch of ravens following them or crows or whatever because for the same reason there was a bunch of these things following around coltane right but there's a reason why there's no carrion creatures following this army Okay. To be clear, is this a is this a theory or like actually? I mean, it's never right. explicitly stated, but I feel like I've it's I feel like it's more than a theory at this point. Okay. Okay. Uh, the reason there's no crows or carrion creatures, carrion creatures following this army, Luke, is because the army are the carrion creatures. Like the ravens don't have anything to eat. Oh. The ravens don't have okay. anything to eat after the battle because the tensicori are eating it all already. Right, because like ravens or 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 carrion birds mm-hmm. follow armies because they know that when that every now and then they get a big a big meal. Right, exactly. And they've been taught by the Tenescari that that's not true, so they just don't follow them. Right, they, I like this. They have no reason to follow this army because there is no meat left over at the end of the battle, and <laughs> like. <laughs> This isn't ever explicitly stated, but it just makes right. a lot of sense because we've seen literally no ravens. Like normally at the end of a big battle, one of the things that the characters will describe is the like cawing of ravens and the like devouring of the corpses by these creatures. No descriptions of that so far. And I think it's because right. they don't get a meal if they're following this army. Okay. You stumbled upon something there. I like it. Mm-hmm. Little uh, little Easter egg for you. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. So this section kind of ends, though, with the second gathering. And mm-hmm. the second gathering, the Talon and Moss are like, hey, we'd really like to die, please. That'd be cool if we could die. I imagine there is a non-zero portion of the Talanamas, like a significant, if not a majority, minority coalition that want to die because they're not super excited about what happened to their bodies over the over the extended living time. Sure. Because like, okay, imagine they're offering you immortality, right? And you're looking around at what else is immortal out there and you're like, ooh, the... Tristy, Andy, they're looking very good. I'm looking pretty good right now. I get to look like that forever? Yes, please. Right. Sign me up. And then they get like 2,000 years into it and their body parts are starting to like fall off. And they're like, can we call a second gathering, please? Because I think it might not have been worth it. <laughs> okay. That's... Ooh. I'm not saying it's a majority. I don't think it's a majority, but there's definitely a good number of them that are like, I don't really like what happened to my body. For sure. For sure. I think that there's I, there's a lot to say about this. Um, I want to start with one thing. Okay. Number one, I there's a chance, I'm not saying it's correct, mm-hmm. but there's a chance that they just neglected their skincare routine. They didn't put on sunscreen. Right? Yeah. There's no sunscreen. No moisturizers. So, like, the the Tistiandi are, are lotioning up all day, every day. Right. They're putting on, they're applying sunscreen like once an hour every day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's how they're looking so good. And the, the Talanamas just didn't get that memo. Mm. I think there's 
there's potential there's possibility there. yes absolutely um the other thing that i want to say Hold on, though, because now now I'm thinking about the second gathering as an opportunity to, instead of try and become mortal again, they're sharing skincare routines. Well, okay, yes. I also think instead of dying, be like, hey, can we change up leadership? Please? I want to do some other things. I'm tired of... Have they had a vacation? I'm tired of... What's my vacation? Like, I've never even been to Hawaii... Give me like a couple weeks. No, I don't want a pizza party. No, thank you. I'll take an extra week of vacation. That's how you could show your appreciation for the great job I've done. <laughs> hey, I've been putting in these requests for lotion for years. This is a workplace hazard, and I want to be compensated. <laughs> let's do let's do like a rotating everybody's in charge for a day thing right i don't know how effective that would be but it sounds interesting they're not they don't have any goals they don't have to eat they don't have to do anything so it's like what does gerald want to do today all of us are doing what gerald wants to do (laughs) right because in the grand scheme of like immortality what's a day we might as well do what he wants for the day well and like they don't have (sighs) goals anymore well there's i think they're still hunting jag hut right Okay, sure, but once they once once they're done with this last jag hut, then it's like we're switching it up. I just our new of... goal is to just have have a the most fun. Here's I just thought of the greatest prank the jag hut could have played on the Talanamas, and that is convincing them that they can be killed, and then as soon like after all of these tens of thousands of years, they get the last one. And then the Jag had all appear out of the warren that they snuck off to when they were supposedly killed by the Thalonomos and are like, psych, we're immortal. You can't kill us. <laughs> you idiot. That was fun, though, right? We had a lot of fun out there. <laughs> oh, good game. Good game. That would be, that would be good. All right. <laughs> I, would, I, would. I don't think that's necessarily what's happening. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like... Once they kill the last few Jaghut, because it sounds like there's maybe three or four of them left, they got to have something else to do. Do whatever you want, I think. Let's disband. Make all of them clanless? You're saying just go off, no one is in a clan anymore? You don't have to disband. I just, like, you don't have to have these, like, lofty goals of some specific thing, Mm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's there's maybe there's maybe a contingent that's like, hey, I'm I haven't even like lived in a city before. It's like, let's build let's have a little cool society. You can you've been alive for three hundred thousand years, mm-hmm. you've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Like so you can like see all the failures, all the successive mm. all the successes of different civilizations. Let's make it a really nice city that gets it all right and then just like hang out for a little while get some tourism action you know the magic tricks in that city would be incredible sure well actually they would kind of suck now that i think about it because everybody knows you can turn to dust already i just think that's true i just think that the rank and file Mm. talana moss Mm -hmm. do not know what they're missing Mm. because 
I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, that they haven't done a lot of fun things, right? Maybe every week or so, the bone casters are like, hey, we're going to go to the slip and slide. But I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think they're doing a lot of celebration when they kill a jag hut. I don't think right. they're taking the so it's week like, off. Hey, yeah. Right. So all the, everyone who hasn't done that before, let's go this weekend. Why wait to the weekend? Learn how to skateboard. Why wait to the weekend, Luke? What is a weekend? Right. Go now. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Did they? Mm. Did they go a little too hard on their their journey to killing an immortal thing? Because here's the thing, Luke. The Jaghut aren't going anywhere. Like they're immortal. You're immortal. Why? Why do you have to be constantly going to kill them? We got a union. One a year. Maybe Get, maybe one a year. Nine to five job. Right. They'll still be there tomorrow when I show up to work. Sure. Yeah. This is how we get weekends. <laughs> Gotta fight for it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I I I'm looking for for the Talana Moss to to learn the finer things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, once Tool comes back. And it's like, yeah, I've been doing fun stuff all the time. I've been maybe, get, they'll, maybe they'll figure it out. I've been getting really into Krav Maga. You guys ever tried Krav Maga? It's very fun. <laughs> Our bones are really creaky. Yoga really helps with it. And it's very calming. Um, okay. But let's do Let's Let's kind of wrap up here. I want to just check in with a couple characters that I don't have big notes for. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk the Younger. Mm. weird stuff going on with him rough go of it for talk for sure he's like being crushed to death by a matron that's uh, you know you know what's going on and then is he like half wolf god yeah well when when we are introduced to him the wolf in the chaos warren had a special thing for him right because he got thrown into the chaos warren and the wolf who was present at the chaining of the crippled god had, took a special interest in talk. That wolf also only has one eye. And so he was like, oh, this, there's some like parallelism here. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well. And so he like kind of put his mark on talk the younger. And now it's kind of blossoming into this strange flower now. Right, and our 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 two wolf gods are going to get back together. Mm. They're apparently very old, older than the elder gods. Um, so that's going to be cool. It's also a little good to see that. It's a little weird to me. This is just a very slight tangent. It's strange to me to think of animals as lovers for some reason. Mm. Sure. Like I I don't typically think of animals as like lovers in that way. Like like wolves as monogamous. You mean. right yeah and like uh, granted these are sure these are gods and like yeah, yeah yeah whatever it's just it's a weird vibe i don't know it's a weird vibe for me for some reason okay fair for some reason i had no qualms with it and i feel like my position might be weirder but i mean no shame at all yeah. no judgment it's just for me it feels a little odd fair fair i also want to say we got a little bit more info into what's going, what went on with Heboric from the last book. Mm-hmm. With his hands. Right. Switching up the hands. Uh, let's see, who am I missing out on? 
Hmm. We got talk. Well, Lady Envy is like oh, destroying stuff down south. By the way, right, right. Lady Envy and the Avenging Army. Yeah, doing some cool things. Absolutely Um, crushing it. One of the last things, potentially the last thing that I want to say, is our necromancer duo. Mm-hmm. Gets kind of pwned by um by Quick Ben, who is who is just like crushing it in this. Book, yes, by the yeah. Way. Quick Ben kind is also the, crushing kind of in the background. It. Yeah. But then our two necromancers get absolutely decked <laughs> by by our two marines. Yeah. How does that our work? Two, like, generic malazan soldiers right how do you how do you do that i don't understand how you get away with that i don't know i guess it was just a element of surprise yeah maybe they hit him in the weak point but yeah like uh, yeah that felt weird to me uh they've had a rough couple of days <laughs> that's true they have had a rough couple of days uh their their power reserves are running a little low it seems like maybe it takes time right. to wind up their whole deal and when they so when they get attacked like that, it's just like well, I I couldn't I couldn't do a thing, right, right. So yeah, maybe maybe. But anyway, I think that's everybody. It's interesting how kind of prescient Captain Peron is about what's actually going on with his sisters. How he's like thinking right. about his sisters, and he's like, yeah, my younger sister is gonna be in the mines, and well, she's probably gonna get she's probably going to turn to prostitution. And it's like, you know, Captain Prawn, you actually are onto something there. Very, very good guess. Outstanding guess, Captain Prawn. So, um, so a little bit of a check in there with what's going on. Um, but Luke, next week we're finishing up memories of ice. We're, we're starting to wrap up the, uh, Malazan book of the summer. Coming to a close. Coming to a close. And, you can you can bet Luke and I'll be back next week with hot takes. It's still being done now.